Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for those Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. I'm your host, Danielle, and this is episode 131, a numbers breakdown of staying on or off property at Walt Disney World. friends. Happy Tuesday to you. Thanks for being here and listening in. If you're new to the podcast, glad you're here. Just a fellow Disney lover trying to help you prep for your trip. And if you've been a longtime listener, I hope that you continue to get great little nuggets. I had trouble naming this episode today because I'm kind of going to talk about some different things. Um, I've got real numbers of what it's going to cost to stay on property versus off property. We're going to talk about other fees that you may not have thought about when you see that lower off property price tag. Um, And just things to kind of lay out that comparison of which one is going to be better for you. Now, disclaimer before we start, these are quotes that I pulled today for a certain week in June that we're going to look at. Um, This can drastically change based on a lot of things. So nothing I share in this episode is a hard, solid quote. Please don't email me and say, oh, my family wants to go on that June trip for $2,374 that you mentioned. Okay. Um, There are so many factors, obviously, that affect cost your age of your kiddos because three to nine is considered a child and gets a child price. Any kid over nine is considered an adult and any kid under two is free. Um, So that's going to drastically change cost. How many days you want to stay at the resort, what resort you're staying at, if you have base tickets, if you have park hopper tickets. So this is really just to give you a baseline for those people that haven't done Disney before or haven't done it as the adult paying for it, just to have like a ballpark figure, like what is this actually going to cost and give you a little bit of comparison so that if you do want to stay off property, um, you know, you kind of know what comes with that. Now, I'm not going to even hide my bias. I am on property all day. Okay. I love being in the bubble. I think there are a ton of great benefits. And when I look at the cost saving amount, It's not really that worth it for me. Now, when I get into sharing numbers, I didn't go like way, way off property. Okay, you can definitely find an Airbnb like 10 miles outside Orlando if you want for cheaper than all these things. But anything I share about those added costs of kind of the nearby hotels are going to be applicable to you as well. Okay, so let's jump into the numbers and kind of set our baseline. So I did all of these prices for June 9th through 15th of 2024. That is a Sunday through a Saturday right before Father's Day. So no holiday weekend mixed in there. Um, I feel like this is a pretty average like summer cost. No promotions are applied to the numbers that I'm sharing. I ran this for two adults and two kids, assuming one of the kids was in that true three to nine kid age range and one was older. So we'll just say like a six and an 11 year old. And all of these packages include a four day base ticket. 
So ticket to visit one park per day. That's what we're looking at here. All right. So first thing we're going to look at are kind of the different categories of resorts at Disney. And while technically Disney has value, moderate and deluxe, there's more kind of there's cost gaps in there. So if you stay at a value resort like your all-star resorts, um, pop centuries, a little bit more than this and art of animation. But this package for a week, a Sunday, check-in Sunday, check-out Saturday morning with four days of base park tickets came out to be $3,700 give or take a little bit. Okay, I'm going to keep my estimates going so y'all don't come at me saying you want the specific price. So about $3,700 for the family of four for that week. If you bump up to your moderate level resorts, your Coronado Springs, your Port Orleans, you're looking about $4,300 for same timeline, same family, same four days of tickets. Now, when it comes to deluxe, I kind of feel like this is where you get another price split. The Lower price deluxe resorts tend to be Animal Kingdom Lodge and Wilderness Lodge because you're not walking to a park from those. Those resorts for this week were around $5,800. And then if you go to your deluxe resorts that are walkable to a park, so your yacht, beach club, boardwalk, um, Polynesian, contemporary, again, there's going to be a vast spread of costs depending on resort and room type you pick. But those were looking at about $6,500. Okay, so based on the accommodations that you're wanting, that kind of gives you our price break anywhere from about 3600 to 6500 Okay, now let's talk about going off property, kind of. So these next ones aren't legit Disney hotels, but they are good neighbor hotels. They are in cahoots with Disney. They still get perks. A lot of these will shuttle you to the parks. Maybe it's free of charge. Maybe it's not. But these people running these hotels know that it's primarily Disney customers there. Okay. So first up, your lowest price for the same scenario, week-long, four people, four days of tickets um, at a good neighbor hotel, which is right around Disney, or a Disney Springs hotel, which is right there, kind of still on property by Disney Springs, was about $3,400. So you're looking at about a $300 difference between the lowest price Disney hotel situation you could get and what you're seeing at these good neighbor Disney Springs hotels. And so a few that fell into that category were the Wyndham Garden Inn and the Holiday Inn there in Orlando. Now, if you kind of do a little step up from that, Drury Plaza is one that I book for clients, um, has a good reputation, nice hotel. They shuttle you to the parks. They include Um, breakfast and snacks and things like that sometimes is about $3,700. So right in line with that value resort cost. Um, And this is listed as a deluxe level hotel on the Disney site for those good neighbor hotels. So your accommodations are going to be a little bit more posh than if you're staying at a Disney value resort. And then kind of last in that category I wanted to bring up were Swan, Dolphin, Swan Reserve, kind of over in that Epcot area. These are classified as deluxe level resorts, but your cost for these is about $4,500. 
Cruise, which is closer to the moderate level Disney pricing. Okay. Um, a few other things just to add about those good neighbor resorts and why you might want to go into that category. One thing that can make a really big shift in your Disney budget is going from a family of four to a family of five. Disney definitely has accommodations for families of five, um, but it really does kind of bump you up a price point. So if you were looking at that true, like lowest cost, all star, you know, price point, when you bump up to a family of five, those lowest cost rooms really aren't an option for you anymore. So one good thing about these good neighbor hotels is some of them give a little wiggle room. I know I was looking for myself once with a group of five and they were allowing me to book a four person like two queen bed swan and dolphin situation swan or dolphin okay um and do like a rollaway bed kind of things like that also your good neighbor hotels a lot of times you just have more actual space in the room um you can get kitchenettes, things like that for a lower price point than booking a full-on suite at Disney. So if that more fits your needs, if you need more space in the physical room, if you do want that, you know, kitchenette to go back to the room, make some meals and you know, you don't want to pay for the upgraded bump that that's going to cost you for a suite at Disney, then I do think that can be a great option. However, if you're not going to be in the room much and you just need a place to sleep, I'd rather be in the bubble. All right. Now, I want to look at one other option. Let's say you do do the Airbnb route or, you know, just a separate hotel that's not in cahoots with Disney where you can't do a package. So if you do tickets only for this week, we're just going to say four day base tickets for these four people for this week in June. You're looking at the ticket only cost for those four people being about $2,400 with, like I said, four day base tickets. So if you can get your accommodations, you know, wherever that may be, Airbnb, whatever, for $1,300 or less for the week, then you're coming out ahead of Disney because that would put you at about that $3,700 mark. So I hope that those real numbers just kind of give you something to go off of when you're comparing, you know, if the three $400 savings of staying a little bit off property is worth it to you and will kind of make or break if you can go on the vacation, then absolutely. But if hearing that you're like, oh, that's not too big a jump. I think we could splurge and do the Disney Resort Hotel. I'm going to suggest that. So here's another reason why. If you stay off site, there's a lot of discussion about is it actually cheaper? And there are some things you want to look at. A lot of this revolves around your vehicle situation. Okay. So if you have your own car that you are driving down there, number one, is there parking at your hotel nightly? Um, Disney hotels have gone back to parking being free at them. But if you've got, you know, a 15 or $20 parking fee, 
that you're having to pay for six nights. That's an extra, you know, about a hundred bucks. Another thing is parking at the parks. If you are not staying on Disney property and you drive to the parks, it's $30 a day to park there. So if you're doing four park days, that's an extra $120. You also want to make sure there's no added resort fees if you're staying off property. Um, And, you know, a lot of these, like I said, good neighbor hotels, they have shuttles, they have that kind of thing. But just being aware of how often do they come, how late do they run, um, because you don't want to count on those and expect to not have to pay that cost and then end up Ubering back and forth. Um, I can... My experience with Uber at Disney is not a ton. I know on a February day, not super busy, I... It cost about 30, 40 bucks after tip one way from the airport. Okay. You are not going that far, but I would expect an Uber ride to at least be, you know, 20, 25 bucks to get from where you're going to the parks if you tip and things like that. So that's just something to consider if you're willing to pay that multiple times. Does it really come out cheaper for you? All right, so now that we've kind of broken it down and looked at all the cost, I just want to end with a quick little like pro-con list of other things to think about that aren't necessarily financially related. Um, so pros of staying off-site. We already talked about you can normally get a little bit more space uh, for the same amount or maybe a bit less money. And if you are looking for that like kitchenette option, you're wanting to cook some meals in your room or at least, you know, heat up stuff, have a little bit of space for that. At Disney, you're most likely going to have to upgrade to a suite to get that to happen. And with that comes a heftier price tag. Whereas if you're looking at an off-site property, you can probably, those are more readily available for something in a more reasonable budget, I'd say. Another pro of staying off-site are rewards programs. So like the Swan and Dolphin are Marriott properties. So if you stay at a lot of Marriott's, if you have points in their loyalty system, um, then that can be a great option for you. And none of the Disney-owned hotels are, you know, owned by any of those big chains. So unfortunately, there's not a punch card for staying at Disney. I wish there was. (laughs) I'd have lots of punches and maybe a free night, but no loyalty program there, unfortunately. Also, if you're planning to do other things in Orlando, you're not just going to be at Disney. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a reason to pay a little extra for the Disney hotel if you're going to be leaving it and going to SeaWorld a lot or leaving it and going, you know, to Universal. Now, that's a whole different thing because Disney has perks if you stay at a Disney hotel and Universal has special perks if you stay at a Universal hotel. So depending on what you're looking for, I might even suggest like jumping ship and changing where you stay. But that's just something to consider. If you're going to be at any of the other spots in Orlando, it may be better for you to be somewhere centrally located and just drive to Disney the days you need to. And then last pro of staying off-site is 
if you are looking for like a large family, and I don't mean family of five or six, I'm talking like you got 15, 20 people going, and you'd love to do the one big house where everyone stays, or, you know, at least everyone guaranteed to be really, really close by each other, then offsite is probably going to be a better bet. There are a lot, um, none that I can vouch for personally, but I know my sister's been to one with a large group that was still really fun theming in all the rooms that people had done at their Airbnbs, Verbo, stuff like that. So if that's really more of the field you're going for, Disney, you're talking like Grand Villas, two, three bedroom suites um, and a really hefty price tag. And if price is something that matters to you, you're probably, you're definitely going to find a more cost-friendly option staying off property. All right, but here are some cons of staying off property. Number one, if you are in a season where you like to or you need to take a midday break, that's a big time suck. Um, you know, waiting on the shuttle, waiting, you know, driving your car, getting to where you need to go. Same thing with kind of park hopping. It can be a little bit of a pain. Whereas if you're staying on that Disney property, you may be able to walk back to your hotel or there could be multiple modes of transportation. You can take monorail, Skyliner, bus, all of that to get back and have a little midday break. And depending on the Disney hotel that you're staying at, you're normally closer to one of the parks or have a little bit easier mode of transportation. And so you can kind of pick that based on the park that you're planning to be at the most and kind of let that guide which one you choose to stay at. Another con is that you don't get early entry. And this is a big one. Everybody staying at a Disney-owned hotel and a few of the Good Neighbor hotels and Disney Springs hotels get this perk as well. You'll want to double check with yours if you aren't staying at a specific Disney hotel. Um, But you get this perk of 30 minutes early into every park every single day. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but you can knock out some heavy hitter rides and save yourself a lot of line wait time later in the day by taking advantage advantage of this. Next thing that's a con, individual lightning lanes. These are the specific one or two rides in each park where you can not get them on Genie Plus, but you can book a specific return time to come back and ride them. Um, Things like Tron, Guardians of the Galaxy, Rise of the Resistance. For people staying on Disney property, they can book these right at 7 a.m. and kind of have their pick of times. People staying off property cannot do it until the park opens. So that could really limit or in super busy seasons make you purchasing that individual lightning lane impossible because they may have sold out. Another downside for Magic Kingdom Park specifically, if you are staying off-site, if you're taking an Uber, a Lyft, a shuttle from somewhere that's not Disney property, you have to get dropped off at the Transportation and Ticket Center and then either take the monorail or ferry boat across the water to actually get to the gates of Magic Kingdom. If you're staying on Disney property, you can take a boat, a bus, a monorail straight to the front of the park. So just a little extra time in the morning or whenever you arrive for Magic Kingdom that you'll want to factor in if you're not staying on property. 
Next con, the dining plan is not going to be an option for you to add on if you are staying off property. So if this, if you really wanted that all-inclusive feel to your vacation where you could upfront pay for some of your meals, snacks, things like that, that's not going to be an option if you're making that ticket-only purchase through Disney. And then lastly is just the theming. If you are a Disney fan and you love the movies, the IP, the -the over-the-top theming, whatever it may be, you're just not going to get that at the same level at Holiday Inn. I'm sorry. Now, the Disney Springs and Good Neighbor Hotels, some of them do definitely bring a little Disney decor and fun into, you know, their theming. There's actually one that I think does a character meal, even though it's technically an off-site hotel. But it, you know, it's just not the same. When I go to Disney, I love visiting the hotels, even the ones I'm not staying at, taking part in some of the special dining experiences. You know, we love, I think, eating at the different resorts more than we do some of the restaurants in the parks. But you're just not going to get that staying elsewhere. So we always have resort days built in on our vacation where we just stay put and enjoy the pool and enjoy the restaurants and the theming. And that just may not be as, you know, magical if you're staying elsewhere, but that totally depends on what matters to you. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you today. Hopefully that cost breakdown really lets you kind of compare your on-site hotels, your Disney Springs hotels, your good neighbor hotels, as well as just looking at that kind of ticket only if you were going to find accommodations for lodging on your own and gave you some things to think about if you do decide to do the off-site route to make sure that you're covered and don't have any surprises. If you need help planning a vacation, I can help with Disney hotels or non-Disney hotels. You don't have to be staying on property for me to be able to help you out with booking. We just need to talk as soon as you get started. So I can help you book that and help you with planning all along the way. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Check out the description below. It'll tell you where you can get me there or you can shoot me an email over at fantasticalvacations.com and I would love to help you with planning your next trip. But as always, my friends, thank you so very much for listening and hope you all have a magical day. Bye-bye.